This is Healthcare Strategies. This podcast was recorded remotely due to the coronavirus pandemic. As a result, the quality may be a little lower than our usual standards. We appreciate your patience as we practice social distancing. From all of us at Intelligent Healthcare Media, stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the latest episode of Healthcare Strategies. and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Waddell, editor of healthpayerintelligence.com. Today we are with Dr. LaChauncey Woodard. Dr. Woodard is the Director of Humana Integrated Health System Sciences Institute at the University of Houston, also called the Humana Institute. And she's also a University of Houston College of Medicine professor. Prior to joining the Humana Institute, Dr. Woodard completed her internal medicine residency and a fellowship in primary care research at Baylor College of Medicine, and she earned a Master's of Public Health from the University of Texas Health Science Center School of Public Health. Following this, she was a faculty member at Baylor College of Medicine before joining University of Houston and leading the Humana Institute. We will be talking today about how to train up strong healthcare leaders in today's ever-changing healthcare environment. Hi, Dr. Woodard. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Kelsey. It's great to be with you. So before we dive into the Humana Institute's work and um, how to develop strong healthcare leadership, I'd love to hear more about your personal story um, and what has formed you into the healthcare leader that you are today. Well, thank you so much for that question. I'm excited to share with you. Um, I'm really fortunate to be working and um really pursuing uh, an area that I'm very passionate about. And that passion started early on. The work that I do with the Humana Institute and with the University of Houston really gives me an opportunity to think about how we care for patients who come from underserved communities, how we enhance uh, primary care services, and how we enhance the value of care for our patients. And my interest in that really started as a resident and then subsequently when I did my fellowship in primary care research, And I really wanted to focus on how we address health disparities, how we create care that is much more patient-centered and helps to meet the needs of our patients, particularly those who suffer from multiple chronic illnesses, which is a lot of the patients that I see. And the thing that I love about the position that I have now is it integrates all of these different areas that I've had an interest in, really thinking about value-based care, health services research, also interprofessional education and engaging with our community and bringing that all together to meet the needs of populations that have traditionally maybe not been served as well by our healthcare system. And it's important to me because uh, I'm here in Houston and I grew up in one of those underserved communities. And while we always had access to high quality healthcare, I know that many of the people in the community that I come from did not. And so this feels like really coming full circle for me, allowing me to think about these issues that are impacting uh, communities that have traditionally been underserved and thinking about how we train the next generation of healthcare providers to meet the needs of those communities. Thank you so much for sharing that. So talking now about you know, where you are now with the Humana Institute, can you describe in your own words, what is the Humana Institute? Um, what are some of the primary components and major goals of this program? So the Humana Institute is a really unique partnership between the University of Houston 
and Humana Inc. And Humana Inc. is a payer, but also a health and wellness company. And the nice thing about this relationship is it really builds on the strengths of both institutions. This relationship came about because both entities identified that there was strong alignment in their goals. So the University of Houston has always been an institution uh, that is centered in the third ward community and that is focused on improving the health and well-being of Houston. Similarly, Humana identified Houston as an area where they wanted to expand and also expand their bold goal program, which is trying to improve the value of healthcare by addressing social determinants of health um, in particular communities. And so the overlap of those areas of focus really made this a very natural partnership. And so this is a partnership between a payer and a university, so an academic industry partnership that allows us to really leverage the strengths of both institutions to think about how we can better address the healthcare needs of our community. And uniquely, Humana's investment really allowed us to think about how we can bring together all of the different health profession schools at the University of Houston. So we're very fortunate at the University of Houston to have uh, not only a College of Medicine, where I have my primary appointment, but also a College of Nursing, pharmacy, optometry, and social work, as well as many other colleges that are addressing uh, health and healthcare. And so uh, the Institute is an opportunity to bring those colleges together, to think early on about how we train our learners and prepare them to go out and be transformational leaders as they work um, in more value-based care environments, and how uh, we help to prepare them to work together and collaboratively in teams to help better meet the needs of the patients that we serve. Awesome. So I'm curious, what are some of the major challenges that the industry is facing right now in training up strong and prepared healthcare leaders? What are some of the challenges that you are kind of seeking to overcome with this program? That's a great question. There are many areas where we've seen challenges with healthcare, and I think that that's reflected in the fact that we have really amazing innovations in healthcare. Um, in fact, here in Houston, we live in a city that has one of the best medical centers in the world, but we still have um, areas where we have patients who don't have access to care. And so the things that we're thinking about is how can we improve access to care? How can we do things that our patients need to make care more accessible to them. So how can we think about where we're providing care? Are there opportunities to provide care uh, in the community? Are there opportunities for us to provide care um, in a way that allows patients to get care without having to potentially leave their job? So through more telehealth modalities, how are we training our uh, learners so that they're not practicing in uh, silos, but instead are working collaboratively together so that patients are able to get what they need at the point of care um, with warm handoffs between providers so that they can um, interact with the healthcare system in a way 
that really meets their needs. And so that's a lot of what we're thinking about. We're thinking about care in the home. We're thinking about social determinants of health. And we're thinking about how, again, we start training future healthcare professionals very early on to work together to understand what each other brings to the table in the care of patients um, and to be able to use that collective uh, strength and knowledge to really ensure that care is high quality and meeting the needs of our patients and providing high value. And so I think, you know, it's important when we think about that, part of the advantage of having a relationship uh, with a payer is that we also begin to expose learners very early on to payment models in healthcare so that they understand how they're reimbursed for care, where there are opportunities to more fully address social determinants of health and to be able to actually be reimbursed for that, and how we think about uh, bringing, again, healthcare providers together and ensuring uh, that healthcare providers who are providing that coordinated care are able to be reimbursed for that. And then finally, as we think about value-based care, we're really seeing a shift to where providers are being incentivized to provide care that is of high quality and much more efficient. And so when we're able to think about how those incentives line up with the care that we're providing and teach learners early on, uh, they're more prepared to go out into those environments and to practice in value-based care settings. That makes sense. And um, that actually dips into kind of my, my next question. So is there anything else you'd like to add about some of the key characteristics or skills that we need to start nurturing in the next generation of healthcare leaders in order to tackle some of these challenges? Absolutely. I think we covered a lot of it, but one important area is, again, being able to work in teams and to coordinate care better for our patients, to understand how to more fully use community resources that exist. So we know that much of what happens to our patients happens outside of the healthcare environment. And so importantly, we want our students to be comfortable understanding the resources that exist in the community and being able to effectively connect their patients to those resources. So really thinking about how uh, we create an environment both inside the healthcare system and outside the healthcare system when our patients are in their respective communities that help to meet their needs. Also, COVID-19 has really demonstrated to us the real promise of uh, telemedicine and telehealth. So again, having providers across professions become comfortable with providing virtual care because that's the way we've seen care moving. And then finally, having an awareness of the social determinants of health, understanding how the social determinants of health impact the health and well-being of our patients and our broader community and how they can be advocates uh, for their patients and for the broader community in helping to address those social determinants of health. Definitely. Thank you for kind of expounding on that a little more there. And then, so I think this is like the key question, right, is in order to foster those characteristics and skills, how do we how do we get there? And so the Humana Institute is built on, as you mentioned, this relationship between a payer and the academic world. So I was curious, you know, again, I know we've touched on this, but I'd love to hear more in depth, like how does that relationship work? And um, what are some of the advantages of, of building on that kind of a partnership? 
That's a great question. I think uh, first and foremost, as we mentioned earlier on, it was important to find partners that had alignment of their mission. And I think that that alignment and synergy of the mission has allowed us to think collectively and collaboratively about how we can work together to address the needs that we see in the patients that we serve. And so one of the things that we've seen is that we've been able to engage in a fair amount of bi-directional learning. So we've been able to leverage the resources that exist within Humana to expose our students to aspects of healthcare payment, healthcare reimbursement, healthcare policy that they might not have otherwise um, seen. On the flip side, uh, our Humana colleagues have been able to benefit from the rich resources that exist on the academic side at the University of Houston across the different health professions. We've also seen um, where we've been able to shift to also meet the needs that have emerged, particularly uh, the needs that have emerged pretty rapidly in the setting of COVID-19. So we saw that many of our um, students in the health professions were not able to do some of their clinical rotations because of COVID-19 and students kind of being pulled off of those uh, rotations. So we were able to leverage our partnership to develop virtual rotations for students that allowed, for example, our nursing students to engage with Humana at home nurses. And in so doing, they were able to still get clinical hours and learn important skills um, in about engaging with patients in their homes using telehealth. Similarly, we were able to engage our social work students in a program where uh, we use data to identify community dwelling seniors here in Houston who are experiencing loneliness and social isolation, and we were able to connect them with University of Houston students to help fill that void, to be that partner and companion that they needed during COVID-19, and to also help connect them to necessary resources. So again, this allowed our social work students to use the skills that they had been learning as a part of their education and help a a community that was really in need when we think about our senior citizens and and the risk that they're at um, and the data that we've seen that shows that they're experiencing very high rates of loneliness. And so those are opportunities that provided learning opportunities for our students, but leveraged our partnership with Humana. So there are a lot of opportunities where we've been able to do this bi-directional learning or shift to meet needs that have emerged in the context of the pandemic in particular. And so that's just one of many advantages uh, to this sort of uh, partnership. I really think the opportunity to learn from and with each other is important. And so looking to the future, what can industry healthcare do to better collaborate with the academic environment and build up strong healthcare leaders across different sectors of the healthcare industry? We talk a lot on our team about sort of coming to this shared mental model. And so I think what's important about that is certainly when we think about payers and we think about academics or industry and academics, We do many things similarly, but we do a lot of things differently. And so I think the opportunity to come together and learn from each other allows us to move towards that shared mental model and really understand what the possibilities of such a relationship are. So I will say, as we've started this partnership, that's been an important step that we've taken, right? Understanding the cultures of each of our respective institutions understanding the synergy, understanding our alignment, 
And then identifying projects that really fit the needs of both organizations and advance the needs of both organizations while always keeping our learners in our community and the needs of our patients at the forefront. So that's one of the first things that I would say. And it's one of the things that I think, you know, when we're thinking about training uh, strong healthcare leaders, understanding that in order to really advance an issue or a project or something that you're trying to do to improve quality of care, finding that area of alignment and synergy can be very important in developing buy-in, getting your key stakeholders to the table, and then moving work forward. So that's been one of the big things that we uh, have certainly learned over this past year. And the other thing is just the real opportunity to create an environment that supports and cultivates learners from different professions coming together to work together and to learn together. Um, I think that that's so important that our learners are exposed to those different perspectives very early on, and it's part of their formative education so that, again, they're prepared to go out and work in those environments. And again, then just understanding the real opportunity that there is to leverage the knowledge that exists on both you know, our industry partner side and our academic side to create very unique learning opportunities that are exposing our students to things that they wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to do. And so those have been really the key components that I think have helped us to think about uh, this collaboration and how we can use this collaboration uh, to create strong healthcare leaders. And one last thing I'll add is that as we've done this work, we've also always made sure that our community is a part of it, that we've included the community perspective. So if we're doing something that's an educational program and we're thinking about it, we're always thinking about who's in the community that we can bring and provide that perspective as well. Um, And I think that that also helps our learners to feel more empowered to actually work with community members, to hear their needs and uh, to shape the work that they're doing um, to make sure that it's always to the benefit of our patients and their families in the community. Excellent. Well, thank you. And I always want to give guests an opportunity in case there's something I haven't asked about, or if there's something that you want to expound on, um, to just give you a moment to say anything that you want to add there. Well, one of the things that I would just like to highlight is that what we've seen, particularly in the context of the current pandemic, is that uh, the healthcare challenges that we face are complex challenges. And uh, we see that these challenges impact certain communities more than others. And so what it's really reinforced for me that I already knew, but that I'm even more excited about now is the value and role of different um, sectors coming together to address these problems. This is not something that just physicians alone are going to be able to do, or just hospital systems alone are going to be able to do, or faith-based organizations alone are going to be able to do. Uh, This is really something if we want to make the biggest impact and do the most that we can to ensure that we are supporting healthy communities is going to require collaboration and a collective effort across multiple sectors. And so this partnership has been a way to start realizing that. And uh, I'm confident that we're going to continue to have opportunities to build on that. Wonderful. I hope so. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Dr. Woodard. That was both very encouraging and very informative as well. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure to be here today. And now a question for our listeners. What factors did you find key to your training as a healthcare professional? Tell us your thoughts by sharing this episode on Twitter and tagging us at at HPayerIntel. We look forward to hearing from you. 
This has been an Intelligent Healthcare Media production.